We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good everybody, welcome back to Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Old Dirt McGirt, Nick Dayus at the Lamb Show is where you can find me. So, half solo pod, half pod with Danny B, Knicks fan. We talk about the Eastern Conference, preview a little bit about the Bucks, Nets, Hawks, 76ers, and we spend the majority of that conversation with Danny talking about the Knicks and their future and do expectations change for your team from the beginning of the year, throughout the year, and at the end of the year based on how they've surpassed or underperformed expectations and using the Knicks as a premise of that conversation. But I did the pod with Danny prior to game six in the Blazers, Nuggets, and the Suns-Lakers series. And I had the pod scheduled for about 9 o'clock. But then I thought to myself, I feel like I'd be dropping the ball and not capitalizing on the momentum of those Game 6 wins for the Nuggets and for the Lakers. Couldn't get anyone to hop on the pod with me because it was so last-minute, spur-of-the-moment kind of thing. So the beginning of the pod is me right now just ranting and sort of just chatting about those game sixes that I think were so so franchise altering potentially for the Blazers uh even for the Nuggets if you were to insert the proposition of Jamal Murray on this team right now with how well Michael Porter Jr. has been playing since Murray went down Aaron Gordon finally being the guy that everyone hoped he could be with the magic Jokic just being on a whole nother level this idea, I saw a video of Shaq and Draymond Green saying that Steph Curry was the MVP. Dude, enough. E- enough. Jokic has been the MVP since fucking middle of March. What are we doing? It's it's annoying. It's I've gotten fed up with it. 
the moment that Embiid went down, the moment that LeBron went down, it, it easily became Jokic. And I get Curry had a sensational season, but come on, the the Nuggets were a three seed, and then especially when Jamal Murray went down, they they didn't really drop the ball. They still were playing well. And Jokic is just the be all end all of that team. So this idea that Jokic isn't the MVP, let's let's just stop. Come on, I, I get we're trying to create content, but let's be more creative. Legends, come on now, we're better than this, Shaq. Because I know Shaq listens to this. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so let's start with Denver and Portland. Denver wins Game Six in Portland, and I couldn't help but wonder about the guy who lost that series, Damian Lillard. And oftentimes, this is something that happens, right? When a symbolic player, a a great player goes down and goes down early, though the Nuggets were favorite in the series, I did pick Portland to win in seven as opposed to Denver winning. But the series flip-flopped, right? Denver won the elimination game in Portland, where I thought Portland was going to win the elimination game in Denver. Also, a little bit of revenge here, right? Portland beat Denver in a Game 7 about two years ago when the Blazers went to the Western Conference Finals against the Warriors, got swept. We're the, the first team in NBA history to have four 15-plus point leads in the second half of games and got swept. It's never happened before in NBA history. So despite getting swept, those were very, very competitive games until the end where the Warriors, those Splash Brother Warriors, and with Durant, even though Durant didn't play in that series, that core, that era of Warriors basketball would go on those historic third quarters where they outscore teams 43-18 to and We've talked about this ad nauseum where they go on these 16-0 runs in three and a half minutes. And before you know it, your lead has evaporated. So I couldn't help but wonder what happens with Portland, right? What what does happen with Portland? What do you do if you're Damian Lillard? You've been outspoken saying that you're loyal. You're not going to go chase championships. But I couldn't help but wonder what happens there. He has a massive, I mean, his contract is unbelievable. And, of course, the first thing that pops up, Damian Lillard to the Knicks. All right? As you guys know, Damian Lillard is my favorite basketball player for, for a very long time now. But this is what he's on the books for um, moving forward. Base salary, $39.3 million next year. $42.4 million in year two, 45 million, 45.6 million in, at the age of 33 in 2023-2024, million age 34 in 2024-2025, and then he's a free agent, unrestricted free agent at 35 years old in 2025. Easily a top 10 player in the game, easily a top three point guard in the game too. And has shown that he's able to carry teams on his own. Uh, he's won a lot of first round playoff series, but I think the ceiling on this team is a second round appearance. Despite making it to the Western Conference Finals, a lot of things fell into place that year that they made the Eastern Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals, excuse me. They played that Thunder team with Paul George and Russ. Then they got past that very young and up-and-coming Jokic-led Nuggets team, and then they get swept. 
by the Warriors, right? So I think the ceiling for this team is a second-round bounce, despite us seeing that they've been to the conference finals. That's just what I think the best that they can do. And there's not much that they can do. There's not much that they could do. Uh, I feel bad for CJ McCollum. NBA Twitter loves having this dude in every single possible trade package. But it's not a slight to him. The it, it doesn't mean that he's a bad player or it's not working with Damian Lillard. It's just that there's nothing else that you could trade on that team that can get you a all-star in return other than C.J. McCollum. That's if you're going to keep Damian Lillard. Zach Collins has been a flop. That dude Simmons was supposed to be something, and then he's kind of fizzled out. You're not getting much for Melo. Norman Powell, I believe, is a free agent after this year, too. And he he had a pretty good series with uh, with the Blazers. He had 29 in, in Game 5 and really helped. It was 11 of 15 from the field. But... You just you just saw what the ceiling is for them. So it's gonna take a lot to get a guy like Damian Lillard, and there's not there there are not many teams that could right. I'm sure Miami will probably be linked to this because Pat Riley always pulls some shit out of his ass and get, gets big guys to come over there. And if you look at that team, right, Jokic, not Jokic, Dragic, excuse me, he's probably not gonna return with the Heat. Chris Nunn, I believe, is a free agent after this year. Uh, Tyler Hero, that ain't it. Remember Tyler Hero for James Harden was a package and they said no to that? Congrats. Absolutely congrats. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Damian Lillard. I, I think it's time for him to go. And I know he wants to be loyal and I know he wants to bring a championship to Portland, but I just don't think you can with this team in Portland. So we'll we'll get to the Nuggets in just a second because I want to talk about the Lakers and the Suns. And one thing that I think happens with NBA fans and NBA Twitter and social media is when you're on a shitty team for the majority of the start of your career, unless you are a NBA league pass guy or unless you're someone who is more than a casual NBA fan and actually watches the games, and I hate being a watch the game guy, but Devin Booker even said it after the game. He worked his whole life for a moment like that. He had 47 in an elimination game for the Lakers on the road against the defending champions. And yeah, AD went out, but I thought that they were the better team throughout the series anyway. And I didn't have the balls to pick Phoenix to win this series because I got worried about LeBron and AD. And LeBron 14-0 in the first round of the playoffs in his career until last night. But... Uh, there's a first for for everything, right? And that's the first time that LeBron has been bounced in the first round of his career. But you just saw that when AD went down, I thought the game was over there. I wanted to try to in-bet, in-game wager on the Suns there, but I couldn't because I'm in New York and we still can't mobile, mobile sports bet. Thank you, Cuomo. Thank you, politicians. That's about the most you'll get out of me when it comes to politics. So we got to wait until February for that. So... How this conversation started about Devin Booker is this dude's been a baller. I remember Boss way back in the day because Boss is is my guy when it comes to college basketball. He he said that Devin Booker was the best player on that Kentucky team. And, man, it's hard to argue against that. And I know Carl Anthony Towns was the talk of the town in the beginning of his career, but Devin Booker's been that dude. And he's a great three-point shooter, and he's not a volume three-point shooter. But he just has, you know, good strokes from the corners. 
Um, but he he's a hell of a player, and Chris Paul means so much to that team. And Jay Crowder, too. They got a lot of guys who really understand their role on that team. And it was a cool video that surfaced on the Suns' Instagram page of Chris Paul celebrating with his teammates in the locker room with Monty Williams. Monty Williams, coach of the year. What, what a season he's had. What a career he's had. He actually coached Chris Paul a decade ago, and they lost to the Lakers in six, and now they beat the Lakers in six. So that was a little bit of symbolism there, and I, I found that a, a really cool, heartfelt moment. But look, LeBron is no longer that dude that can carry teams, will teams to win when he doesn't have a Robin. This isn't the same LeBron from 2018 who took that Cavs team to the finals. They had no business going to the finals. And then some of those teams when Kevin Love would get hurt and then when Kyrie would get hurt. And when you go even further back, when he took like uh, Booby Gibson and, and Larry Hughes to the NBA finals. So he's no longer that dude. Look, he's 18 years in the league, a lot of miles on him. We're not making excuses. Those are those are just facts. So the Lakers are going to have an interesting offseason because what do you do? You have $76 million tied to AD and LeBron James. And then there's not much else that you could do. Do you bring back Schroeder? Kuzma, we've been waiting for Kuzma to be a thing. And I love what Shaq said. He's like, yo, when are you going to put up a 30 spot? When are you going to step up when a LeBron is out or an AD is out or the other role players aren't? holding shit down that's when we want you that's when we need you so i'm very excited for these playoffs and this is prior to game six in the mavericks and clippers series i really want the mavericks to win i haven't made any wager but just from the simple fact that if you look if the mavericks were to win game six look at the remaining teams that are left no one's won a championship Besides Durant and Kyrie. Like Utah, Mitchell, Gobert, they haven't won a title. Utah's never won a title. You would throw the Mavericks in there. I know the Mavericks have won about a decade ago, but we're talking about Luka hasn't won a championship. Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr., those guys. Jokic, Aaron Gordon, uh, and uh, Michael Porter Jr. Chris Paul never won a title. Devin Booker, look at the young guys that we're talking about. Embiid, Simmons, uh, Trey Young, Giannis, Middleton, Drew, Durant and Kyrie being exceptions, but then you got James Harden. So I, I'm really pulling for the Mavericks because we're going to get some new shit this year if that happens. Clippers, we've seen Kawhi win a championship. That series is so wacky. No team has won at home. So much for home court advantage. So the Nuggets and the Suns, hats off to them. Hats off to the Suns. I, I spoke about it a couple of months ago. I got the tweets right here, and I was really, really proud of myself for tweeting this out. I, I, I'm holding a futures ticket at 22-1 to 1 on the Suns to win the title. Um, this was May 19th, so about two and a half weeks ago, and... I'm feeling really good about that. I'm feeling really, really good about that. Uh, obviously, they beat the the favorites. Now, let's see what happens, right? Let's see if it, it it's it reminds me. I was on a podcast recently uh, with Kyle from 
big screen sports, the sports movie podcast. And I talked about Miracle, right? And one thing I didn't know about Miracle at the time when I first watched it was that I didn't know that wasn't the gold medal game for the 1980s U.S. men's Olympic team, right? When they beat the Russians, that was the semifinal. Spoiler if you haven't seen this or if you haven't heard about this. It was 40 years ago, so that's a you problem. I didn't know that. So, like, what I'm talking about here is, yeah, you're the Suns. You got over the hump. You win your first playoff series if you're Devin Booker and you're Monty Williams and this young Suns team. But... And you, you slay Goliath, you slay the favorite, you beat LeBron James, who's dominated the last 20 years in the NBA. But you still got a lot of work to do. You still got to win three more series for your ultimate goal. And I felt like the Suns were... I I compared them to that Heat team last year in the sense where I think there was a roadmap for them to avoid the Lakers the same way I thought the Heat could avoid the Bucks, And it just so happens that both of those teams had to run into the favorites in their conference prior to the conference finals. And as long as Chris Paul is healthy, he's he's the the engine of that team. And Devin Booker is the be-all, end-all for that team. And I just think that you got Jokic and Booker going to go at it in this series. It, this is going to be a fun series. There's a lot of fun series, especially if the Mavericks could pull the upset of the Clippers and win tonight. I'm really excited for a Utah Versus Luca and the Maverick series, just because Luca got the juice right now, and he he's a guy who, similar to like those early LeBron years, can he's young enough and he's good enough where he can will his team to win. And also, they're just knocking down a lot of threes, right? The, the night the Knicks lost Game Five, Hardaway Jr. and Porzingis are just banging threes, and that was something that the Knicks didn't have outside of Reggie Bullock. Apparently, it's Bullock, not Bullock. So you learn something new with every broadcast. So I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I'm not going to talk about the East because I did that with Danny. And now you guys are going to hear that part of the podcast with Danny. But I want to give a roll call to the Patreon members. Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, Daniel Gibson, Derek Platies, Devin Rendon, Jake Powers, Corey Johnson Hoops, Ryan Pisner, Mike Wozniak. Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum for this episode and the next two podcasts. So three episodes in total during the duration of... Of these three podcasts, if you join the $20 or $40 tier for the month of June, in July, you will get a free merch item. It is a perk and incentive that the members of the $20 and $40 tier of Patreon have, where if they are a six-month member of the Patreon consecutively, every January and July, winter and summer, you'll get a merch item from the shop sent to you. So... Head on over, check it out for as little as a dollar a month. You can support the show. Got a lot of fun shit coming out, man. Starting with Monday, Euro Cup. Next weekend starts the Euro Cup, Euro 2020, it's called, even though it's going to be played in 2021. There's a lot to break down that Alan and I have, and it's a very compelling Euro Cup. International soccer seems to get a lot of attention when the tournaments do start, and this one's going to be no different. So I'm excited for that. And we're going, starting with Monday's show, we're going podcast every two days. So you're probably going to have a Monday, Wednesday, Friday slate, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday podcast kind of thing. Because there's a lot of games to cover now. We're going to have NBA. We're going to be having the Euro Cup 
games every day. So just a lot of content coming out. Follow us where you need to follow us at Veterans Minimum. And yeah, now you're going to hear the podcast I recorded with Danny and Danny B. And remember, this was prior to the game six games of the Nuggets and the Suns. That's why we went on this solo pod. So thank you all for listening. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we'll catch you guys next time. Ah, yes. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. My guest today, we're feeling it today, Danny. You know, it's we're morning right now, bro. My guy, Yo. Danny B, big Knicks fan, the morning drive. What's good, brother? Thank you for joining me, man. What's up? What's up, Nick? Appreciate it, man. Doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. You know, tough go uh, the last week, last night. But um, if you, you know, if you're familiar with, the, you know, the content that I'm putting out on Nick's Twitter, I'm always talking about positive vibes. So you got to take, you know, what it, what it's worth. Obviously, it was frustrating and definitely a winnable series that we just never showed up for, really. Um, you know, but we came such a long way and we really did a big job at turning the, the culture around as a whole, you know, in the organization. So to me, that's the biggest takeaway. Yeah, you know, I want to I wanted to ask you this question because uh, I like the morning drive stuff that you do. It's pretty interesting. Gets you fired up, gets you excited. Quick recap, you know, nowadays, bro, yeah, man. Any, anything more than like three minutes, you lose people's interest. You know, like yep. I see it with some of the content that I'd be putting out, but I like how quick hitting it is. And, you know, Knicks fans, I always say that there's no city that's starving for their team to be good than New yep. York is for the Knicks. 100%, man, 100%. That's why we go crazy after we get a one playoff win. You know what I'm saying? It's it's more than just that one win. That's what people don't get. You know what I mean? It, it's celebrating how far we came, you know, and that's what that was right there. So let me ask you this. I want to just get your general thoughts on this one because it's, it's something that I flip-flop, and now my stance has really changed. But just in general, dude, do – do your expectations change throughout the season for a team's upside? And what I mean by that is coming into the year, you know, Knicks had the the second, sorry, the third lowest win total from a, a betting perspective in the East behind the, the, the Cavs and the Pistons. Right. So it was like, mm-hmm. I right, look, they're not going to be no four seed, but then as the season goes on, they get that win streak, they're playing well. And you're like, yo shit, they, these fucking guys can make some noise, right? Yep. And you go into this series, look, consensus amongst Knicks fans, we got what we wanted. We wanted Atlanta. 
We thought Atlanta was a great matchup for us. Randall yep. will get into in a little bit, just absolutely cooking them. And then they legit no show the the series, uh, and in particular Randall, who I feel bad criticizing him just because he he held us down so well right. this year. But how do you feel about that, man? Just like a general talking point, like you know, coming into the year, what were your expectations from the Knicks, and then come this playoff series, you're like, yo. We, we got to win this. Like now you're expecting greatness. Yep. 100%, man. So you, you hit it right on the head, man. Expectations definitely did change. Um, I think in, I'm going to start from, you know, kind of the top view, right? So I think every team has, has expectations in the beginning of a season, you know, and I really think that from team to team, it's all in perspective. Um, obviously every team is going to be at a different point in terms of building and getting to the ultimate goal, which is, you know, being a title contender, you know, getting to the championship, obviously winning it. So for the Knicks specifically, uh, coming off the last two seasons, right. We had more wins this season than we did the last two combined. So that being said, the expectations that we had really coming into the season were let's just put some sort of a solid team together. Last year was kind of just a mishmash of guys. We had a ton of power forwards. Um, but, you know, this year we were able to kind of build more of a, uh, you know, a regular structured team, you know what I mean, with the right amount of guys at each position, which sounds crazy. But, you know, over here in New York City, it's, it's you know, not that far-fetched lately. So that was the first thing, you know what I mean? Like, let's just, let's just establish a new culture, you know, with a good set of guys and, and just go for it and just play hard game in and game out. You know, we had uh, the whole front office replaced before the season started. We got a new, you know, head coach in Tom Thibodeau. So there was a lot of things up in the air, you know what I mean, in terms of what's going to happen. But the best part about where we were in our rebuild is that really there was no expectations, you know, because we didn't come off of anything to build on from the season before. So it was like it's a fresh start, you know what I mean? And so Thibodeau came in, you know, all the guys above him, Leon Rose on down, World Wide West, the staff behind um, behind Tibbs and Kenny Payne and um, Woody, who's no longer with us at the moment. But, um, you know, everybody kind of came in and got on the same page real quick. And the guys that we put together in our team this year bought in. And you heard RJ saying it, you know, at the, uh, the interview last night after the game, you know, he's proud of the team because day in and day out, everybody worked their ass off. And it shows because of the results that, you know, looking back now, we were able to come to. So, you know, a team that fares, you know, just kind of, you know, la di does it, you know, through the season, you know, that you just, you see the results, you know what I mean? Hard work always pays off. And I'm always saying that. So that's what you saw. Everybody came together. So going back to the original question posed expectations, I really think that we didn't have expectations mm -hmm. because it was a straight reset. So through the season, you know, we hit certain milestones, you know what I mean? We we had a, a two, three game win streak, first four game win streak in, you know, a couple seasons or, you know, a season or two. Um, so that's that. Then it was, you know, can we make the playing tournament? Then we got in a better position. It was, you know, can we get into the top six, you know, spot? Then it was, we could become the number four seed. So along the season's way, the expectations and goalposts kept moving because there was none from the get-go. So where other teams might have one expectation, one goal, ours kind of changed through the season because there wasn't one set, you know, from the get. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. And, you know, you look back on it and from what I had said, you know, to you, you know, I don't know if we were recording or not, but 
the culture, you know, was reset. And to me, that's the biggest takeaway from this season. You know, we, we have a reputation now, you know, around the league, around the fan base, you know, around the media, not, you know, hundred percent bought in, but it's getting there and it takes time, you know, for more people to kind of see that it's for real, but that's the biggest thing, man. We're a work hard, you know, culture and uh, we ain't gonna, we ain't gonna give up on a night nightly basis. So that's what that's at. I mean, yeah, you you touched on so many points, and, and you're right. Now is, you know, when you've been a dumpster fire for what two of the last twenty seasons, <laughs> yep. obviously you're gonna get excited when you win a playoff game and you act a fool. But that's just how passionate the fan base is for yep. for the Knicks. Um, and like I said, it's it's celebrating more so how far we've came. You know what I mean? It's more like we're staking a flag down in the NBA. You know what I mean? We're we're not a walk on anymore. We're not a peon. You know what I mean? We're for real. And I feel like that's the statement that I was making more so than just celebrating a win. You know, and of course, the, the fans are crazy in New York. You know, everybody knows that. Yeah, but also, you're right. The, the expectations changed. But it, it was the first time that that many people were at the Garden, too. Right? Yep. So you had that dynamic as well. Um, you know, the one thing that really upset me about this series was not the Trey Young stuff. Because I got to tell you, bro, I don't know if you're a wrestling fan or you ever liked wrestling at some point in your life. I but I, <laughs> hey, he, I mean, was he not like the best wrestling heel <laughs> ever in that series? And if it wasn't oh, at our expense as Nick fans, I would have been loving that shit even yeah, more. But we all would. Look, he he delivered, right? It was who was going to get the better of that matchup between Randall and Young. And I know they don't guard each other, but it was... They're still the, the best players on each team. You know, yeah. who's going to who's gonna win that matchup? You know, regardless, who's going to show out more? Bingo. And Trey Young just absolutely balled out. And yep, it was nice did. to have a villain also, which reminded me of, you know, watching all those. I, I was three years old when the Knicks were going through those 90 runs, right? Like the 94 season. So I didn't yeah, get yeah. to live and experience the Reggie Miller era outside of like watching that 30 for 30 and shit. So yeah. for me, that was dope and it resonated with me. Uh, let me ask you, we got to talk about Randall, man, because what do you do with him now? Right. Team option for year three. Do you give him a super max? Do you give him that extension? Do do these four or five games that he flopped in and look, even yesterday on, on like the box score, you know, from a points and rebounds perspective, he played well, but just terrible shot selection. It looked mm -hmm. like turnover. Yeah. I, it, the first year the Knicks got Randall, how many spin moves into turnovers did he have, right? It seemed like there oh were three or four a half. That spin move, man, I used <laughs> to have. I'm telling you. And, and it's funny because I, I keep saying this, right? He did change that where he really starts to pick up his head and look a lot quicker. But the first, like, five games of the season, he was still working on creating the new habits to not do that. And, uh, man, I'll tell you, the first two games, I remember seeing it, and I'm like, oh, come on. You know what I mean? Like, I, let's not do this all season long. And thankfully, knocking on wood, I mean, the next two, three games, you know, later, he just slowly stopped doing it so much. And then it disappeared for the most part. You know, he really um, he really fixed that. So, man, yeah, that was not fun last season. That's for sure. Dude, I made a I made a strong case for him to be all NBA first team about like six weeks ago with about five or six games left in the season. And the reason why was because. You know, that dynamic with Luca, do you put him as a forward? Do you put him as a guard? If you put him yep. as a guard, it kind of opens up that forward spot. And then, I mean, he was clearly a top 15 player, so he should make an all NBA team, in my opinion. But yeah, I think I agree. 
But I think now with how, you know, like, yo, this is where you get your money, bro. Like, you got a ball in the playoffs when it matters most. And to have that performance, how you feel about Randall now? Man, well, the first thing I'm just going to say is what, what uh, Clyde Frazier says all the time, man. Like, the regular season is where you make your name, but the postseason is where you make the fame. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, it just didn't happen for Randall. And it's tough. I look at it like he he really made a huge, huge step forward, obviously being the most improved player of the league, um, you know, in the regular season. And that's one thing I think it's tough. You know what I mean? Playoffs is just a whole nother animal. You know, everybody knows it. it's just the intensity is 10 times higher. So maybe it's just another step that he needs to take. Um, honestly, I'm kind of indifferent to how the Knicks go. I just feel like we have so much assets so much you know um good things going for us that it's like we could go either way with it you know what i mean and i think no matter what he's bought in the whole team's bought in you know i saw an interview with rose today he was saying you know he'd love to come back next year why who wouldn't want to you know what i mean and so i think if you remember you know when miami went to the bubble right they got to the championship and a lot of those guys said you know i remember goran Dragic saying you know like i want to definitely stay here and and keep this going, you know, and obviously saw Jay Crowder leave and, and go to the Suns. But I think the that mindset is going to be what's going to happen, you know, it's going to happen here. Everybody's going to really want to, you know, put their foot down. They just got a taste of the playoffs. You know, we had a, a great run in the season and then we didn't show up. So it's like I feel like they're going to have that unfinished business mindset, you know. So um, going back to Randall. Man, it's tough. It's tough. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm indifferent to how it's handled. I think that he showed that he has what it takes to look in the mirror, you know, and work on and get better. So I think he's going to he's going to watch tape. He's not going to want to, but he's going to watch tape of each one of these five games. And he's really going to pick out exactly where they were able to, you know, stop him, you know, and recognize what it was that, you know, kind of um stop the flow of his game you know specifically I got into it in detail this week on a couple of different pods but Atlanta did great in adjusting and figuring out I mean we know the spots as Knicks fans right he goes to the baseline he likes that step back on the three mm -hmm. um I just feel like there was just pressure on him 24 7 and when they brought the double team over they would cut off the angle and the path to get to those types of spots so even if he was a foot or two off from where he normally shoots it's not from where he normally shoots so he has to adjust you know what i mean and that changes plus now you're thinking about it so the timing's off you know you're hesitating how many times did we see him hezzy at the you know at the three-point line and not take the shot you know and then either you know make a couple of moves jump in the air and you know it's it's tough, man. I, I want to see that guy succeed because I'm so, you know, so behind what he did this season. So I I don't want to I'm not going to I'm not going to stamp my thoughts on him based on these five games because he did just play 72, you know, at a whole nother level. And the playoffs are different. It's a seven game series. You know, obviously this was in five, but I just think it's more to do with the coaching and the adjustments that were made. It's not so much on him um you know i'm sure he takes it on his shoulders because that's the kind of guy he is he's a leader but it's tough man it's tough you know i'm still kind of playing this all back in my head too as i'm talking about yeah. it so i feel i feel as if fresh. with him it's it's gonna come down to um he I, their offense was him right like he was the only guy that could really go get a bucket rj improved a lot obviously Definitely. this year but uh Quickly, the I really bench too. Yeah, Their bench yeah. was huge, and it, yeah. you know they didn't have that. 
Right. And, and quickly, I think is, is going to be a force to be reckoned with, especially like, I, I think quickly could find a nice niche in being a sort of spark six man kind of, uh, you know, just get your team, uh, go on these runs like he has he's a heat check guy right but he also seemed very cool calm and collected as a rook which was really impressive um i want to talk a little bit about the hawks too and i think that's going to segue into like the sixers right because sixers hawks at the time that we're recording it's uh right before the game sixes thursday night out west we're not really going to touch on the west just because we don't got any of the playoffs set out there uh, outside of utah advancing which they probably would have slept, uh, swept if it wasn't for Mitchell missing that first game. But yep. um, Sixers-Hawks, dude, there's one thing about the Hawks, and I was, I was watching them in depth in this Knicks series, and it was something that was sort of a, uh, when you go back and you listen to the preview show of, of this season coming up, we, we spotlighted the Hawks a little bit. They got a lot of guys that could get a bucket. And... They they could run nine to ten deep with eight of them that they can create shots for and be confident in. Mm. Um, Bogdanovich, I've been singing his praises for years, but he's been on that yep. shitbag organization out west with the Kings. People didn't know how good he was. You're right. So I feel like the Hawks. There's always a team in the last couple of years that kind of make a run into the conference finals. I'm not going to get that crazy, but the way they're playing right now, Hunter coming back, which you touched on, I think he played a big role in why Randall was struggling. Mm-hmm. But, dude, they could run eight to nine guys that they could get a bucket. Easy. You're right. And we don't really know the status of Embiid. Is he 100%? You know, he got nicked up in that game four. Yep. So... I wouldn't be surprised if the Hawks win this series is, is, is what I'm leaning towards. I would agree, man. I definitely would agree. And especially with um, with Nate, man, McMillan, he's been just huge at everything. You know, the way that he he plays his guys, the adjustments that he's making, the timing of when he's, you know, putting guys in, taking them out, his timeouts. Um, it, it's just been it's been tough. He's been real good. And um, they played solid against us, man. They really did. They shut us down and they played our game. You know what I mean? They played lockdown D and we really never were able to overcome it, you know? So I would definitely agree with you, man. They're going to give Philly a run for the money. If Embiid was hundred percent healthy, I was saying it before the playoffs started, the, the Sixers looked like they stepped it up a notch, you know what I mean? Throughout the season, but taking a look at what just happened with my Knicks, you know what I mean? It's, playoffs are like you said a whole different animal you know what i mean the regular season is you forget it you know what i mean you play that to get to the playoffs once that's done see you later all you gotta do is get in right um so it's gonna be interesting you know i i think that you're right i think atlanta definitely does have the weapons they have the gameplay they got the smarts um they're gonna give them a good run for their money and i think you make a good case without stating it i think they have a shot again to the conference finals and I also feel like with Atlanta, <clears throat> we know that they're a really young roster, one of the youngest rosters in the East. Mm-hmm. There, there aren't going to be many other hostile environments like that garden crowd was, right? Oh, like, no, no it, way. So, and I know Philly's a tough place to play too, but like they're, they're, they're seasoned now, bro. They're not a team that's coming in as like a rookie team for the first time making the playoffs. 
Yep. I really think the way Trey's playing, how versatile they are, how they can switch. They got Capella also, who I think mm-hmm. is going to have to be a, a force he's in the been, series. Man, let me tell you, he's just – and everybody included him in their previews of the matchup. You know what I'm saying? What was All the right. key to the matchup? Figuring out how to contain him. And he just ate, man. I mean, we couldn't get any drives going for the most part. You know what I mean? I felt like – I don't want to put any numbers to it because I'm, I haven't looked at anything yet today. But a lot of times when we would drive RJ driving quickly driving, you know, it, it, Randall driving, just you had two, three guys coming over and, and blocking. You know what I mean? And as a guy with the ball going up for a layup, you know what I mean? You can only pay attention to say one, two guys coming in for it. You can't predict that third guy coming out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Coming up so many times, man, Capella was just block 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 you know what i mean just insane so i really felt uh mitch's you know absence big in this matchup he would have been key mm-hmm. just in terms of of locking down that paint a little bit better you know noel and, and gibson did a good job but um yeah mitch is just he's got that reach man you know young wouldn't have had it it's such an easy time just penetrating and throwing floaters up yeah, this uh, this series is really, really interesting, but I do think that the the most intriguing series and, and I've been pretty adamant about the Bucks. I I don't know if you like to gamble, but I'm financially invested in the, the Bucks. <laughs> uh, two months ago, I grabbed them at 10 to one over at FanDuel to win the okay. whole thing. Um, I also got the Sixers at 24 to one. Um, All right. Sorry, not the Sixers. I apologize. The Suns. I got the Suns at twenty-four to one. I like the Suns, man. I do. I think that, uh, and I've I said it before the freaking the playoffs even started, man. I like their chances. You know the way that they play. Chris Paul, so smart. I just and look what they're doing to the Lakers. Even with AD, you know, before AD, you know, I just feel like man, they're gonna be a force. You know, they yeah. really are. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna. I wanna not um get into that series only because yeah, yeah. You know, by surface, the time by the time they hear this. Who knows? Lakers probably win by 30 and then we look foolish. But you're, yeah, you're right, yeah. though. I feel you, too. Like, if the Suns were playing anyone else, I, I think I'd feel a lot better, you know, to, like, sort of avoid the Lakers to the conference you, finals. And but, you can't you can't count LeBron out. Yeah. You know exactly, what I mean? He just yeah. he proves everybody wrong every time. So you got him at least throw, you know, throw him the benefit of the doubt and give him an, uh, a chance, you know. Most of, man. But with this Bucks and Nets series, uh, I think this is the NBA finals, dude. I think whoever wins this series is going to win the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's very, very compelling because this is my take on this one. I feel like Milwaukee could do more things to stop what the Nets can do well as opposed to the Nets stopping what Milwaukee could do well. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Listen, Brooklyn hasn't been known for their defense all season, you know, all year. So I just feel like the Bucks definitely play way more of a defensive game. Um, you know, of course, you got scores on Brooklyn, but as a team, you know, the way that they play as a team overall, I definitely am with you. I think the Bucks definitely take it, you know, take this series. And no matter who wins, Atlanta, Philly, even if it's Atlanta, say we go Atlanta, right? And you got Bucks, Atlanta. I think Bucks have them all day. You know what I mean? It's just experience is going to come into play then, you know, and there's so many other factors too. So, you're right, man. I think it's um at least for me, I wouldn't say winning the whole thing, but I would say whoever wins this matchup is definitely going to the finals. That's for sure. I don't see them, you know, either one of them losing to Philly or Atlanta. Yeah, you know? and it what this this kind of reminds me of those Rocket Warriors second round matchups a couple of years ago, where mm-hmm. you kind of felt like oh, whoever was gonna win those 
Those were so good too. Yeah, man, they were. And, you know, one of the biggest what ifs is what if CP3 don't get hurt, right? And that's the Durant Warriors too. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is a lot of deja vu with this series, man. And I think, you know, I I actually bet and predicted the Bucks in four in that that Heat series because I don't think you could, I don't think that bubble shit applies to this Bucks team this year, man, because they didn't have Drew, they didn't have Tucker, they didn't have Portis. Right. But obviously, Drew being the, the biggest one, bro. Imagine they had Bogdanovich because there was that funky shit going on with the yeah, trade yeah, and like yeah. the contract. Like, yeah. And they nixed it. Yep. Oh, oh man. man. Yeah, dude. Bogey's nice, dude. He really is, man. And he was hitting shots even just last night. And I'm just shaking my head, you know, man. It was tough. Hawks were hitting, you know, when, when they were hitting, everyone was hitting, you know. I think, I think with the Bucks, right? Like they have, they got Drew that they could throw on one of the guards. And then you could throw so many different bodies at Durant, right? You're not going to stop Durant. You can't, but you try your best to contain them. But I don't think the Nets have anything that they could throw at Milwaukee defensively to, right, yeah. to prevent them from doing what they want to do too. Uh, I'm going with Bucks in six, my official prediction. Um, I think also with the Nets, like, if I've read somewhere that if this goes seven, it'd be only 20 games that that big three has played together. Yeah. It kind of reminds me a little bit, Danny, of that Hawks, uh, not Hawks, the Heat team that first year where they actually had a full season to play together mm-hmm. and they went into the finals. So they played like another 15, 20 games until the finals. But it's right. like, yo, year one, it's we haven't seen this team really tested, right? Like, you're right. Say, say it's, it's, you know, they're down 2-1 game four in Milwaukee and there's five minutes left. Like my 5-5-5 five, five, five thing, like down five, game five, on the road, who's your right. five with five minutes left, right? So it's like, you know who the five's going to be for them, but we haven't right. seen the adversity of like, all right, man, I'm going to beat a guy now. So I'm talking like I'm Kyrie. No, 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 Harden is here go like, we haven't seen who's going to step up because they're blowing everybody out. You know, yeah. like with the Celtics, you can't really. Jalen Brown didn't play all, so I kind of just throw that shit out the window. If it wasn't yeah. for that 50-burger that Tatum put up, they'd probably get swept. But everything just happened to fall that that day. And for you know, it's like 22-4 Celtics, and they're like, all right, man, let's just pack it in. We'll beat them in five. Yep. But I really I really like I really like Milwaukee in this one. And, you know, one, one other thing, man, I had this in my notes. Um... Milwaukee's been great the last three years. Mm-hmm. Like, they have. like it's very inconsistent, right? Net efficiency, if you like that analytic shit, some of the highest in NBA history. And think about the last three years, right? 2018, they lose to the Raptors. Sorry, 2019, they lose to the Raptors. But they're up to going into overtime in game three. Right. Last year, they're the top seed in, in the East, and then they get the COVID shit, so they don't even have home court advantage. Right. And then this year, they get Drew, and like, yeah, it's a tougher road, but I think this is the year for Milwaukee, man. It's coming, man. Honestly, it's they definitely have been playing consistent. They they haven't been changing too much. You know what I mean? Like you said, they added Portis, um, Tucker, um, Drew. You know, so there's a couple new pieces, but it complemented their team. And if they fell right in line and right into the system and um, 
it's going to be tough. I like I definitely like what you got to say. I, and I kind of agree with it, too. You know, um, I don't see anybody matching up against them defensively. Great. I think that they'll go through the nets. The only thing is tough, man, you know, because I'm trying to I'm not trying to touch too much on the West, you know, but I'm trying to think. Right. Say it's the Suns. Say they're up against the Suns. Right. Can the Suns beat the Bucks? You know, I mean, they got a couple of big guys, too. I think it's a good matchup. I think maybe it goes seven games. You know, I don't know. Um, what about the Jazz? What if it was Bucks Jazz? You know, because, I mean, the Jazz have been getting there and they're close and they haven't really taken that next step. But they, they're looking pretty solid right now. You know, so um, it, it, they're going to be a force to you know reckon with also and, and somebody to watch out for in the meantime, too. So it's tough, man. Do I see the Bucks winning the whole thing? Man. I could see it. I could see it. You know, I mean, they're a gritty team too. You know, they'll take it over time. They'll they'll make a game of it. They'll hang around. I do. I do think <clears throat> DiVincenzo is going to be missed here, which is crazy. I probably wouldn't have said that at the start of the season, but the way he's played and he's really been a a key piece for their success this year. Yeah. But yeah. I just really think that this team is so different, and uh, as opposed to last year, um, I do also have a feeling that i i wouldn't put it past this bro as we start to wind down um if the nets beat them in like five and then we're like yo you know what the fact that that big three could drop a hundred any night <laughs> that other shit don't matter right yeah well i mean listen people are going to point that out you know in the hawks Knicks series you know what i mean bringing it back to the knicks real quick because you look at, at what they did all season right so they come into the playoffs and they got that great defense, you know, defense leads to offense, you know, can um, a team that's led by defense beat a team that's, you know, offensively, um, you know, skilled and turns out, you know, the offense came out more on the other side. So, you know, it's, it's tough. It is tough. And, you know, the coin could flip either way. So uh, I would love to, see, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I really am. Let me ask you this as we uh, wrap up last question here, because I know we're both kind of strapped on time. Definitely. Uh, odds aside, just having to pick right now, who would you pick to win the finals from what you've seen? Man, honestly, you're making me think about it all right now. I'm going to say the Bucks, And the reason why is I'm going to knock on wood because I don't want to jinx anybody, but you never know what injuries and stuff, man. Mm -hmm. You know, with the Suns, say Chris Paul goes down. Right. That's a big piece. Uh, the Lakers, you know, you got guys over there that are prone to injury. Um, going back to the East, you know, Philly obviously wouldn't be, you know, what's what's shaking out over there. Um, Brooklyn, we know what's up with those guys. You know what I mean? Any one of them goes down. What happens there? You know what I mean? Now Milwaukee's got, you know, a little bit more control. So I think you're always going to have to consider an X factor, you know, and I've been saying it all season. I think because it was such, so truncated and there was so much game plan, such a short amount of time that that's a lot of wear and tear on guys. You know what I mean? So I think at some point you're going to see injuries come into play. And we saw a couple towards the tail end of the season. Um, so, you know, and I hate saying it, but it's, it's an X factor that you got to consider, you know, so I, I got to, I'm going to side with you, man. I'm going to go with bucks and I'm going to stop talking right there. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm more talk myself out of it. Oh, yeah, that's what ends up happening, right? You start yapping and then you kind of start playing situations in your head that talk you out of it. Yep. But yo, bro, I appreciate you coming on, man. Spur of the moment. I know I connected with you uh yesterday. We've been following each other for a little bit now. 
I like your work, Knicks Nation, as always. Appreciate it, man. And likewise, dude. Likewise, I was checking out your stuff on YouTube, too. Thanks, bro. I appreciate you. I got to get you in the studio one of these days because we live pretty close to each other. But I get that. I get that traffic, man. That rush hour traffic. We'll find a good time, dude, and we'll chop it up for sure. I'll come through and we'll definitely hang out for a bit. Most definitely. Tell the people what your uh, social media is or all the stuff that you work on, where they can find you. Absolutely, man. So I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Dan underscore NY underscore B. Um, all my streaming channels are through at the Knicks Corner, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, all that. You can search for it there. Um, and that's it, man. I got the morning drive in the mornings doing the recaps of the games. So for that, that's on hold at the moment. But um, Saturdays, I got a show with Coach Fa. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. Great dude. Um, and we chop it up every Saturday at noon. You know, we bring on live guests. Um, got a couple planned, you know, for the next couple of weeks. Um, had a couple in the past that were good. So we're going to rock that out through the summer and um, keep the content going. So definitely check me out both those spots, the Knicks Corner and at Dan underscore NY underscore B. I'm going to have that all in the description of the bio for cool, everyone listening. At the Lamb Shows, where you can find me at Veterans Minimum. That's where you can find the show, and I will catch you guys later. Taking that food right off of your grill. Nikki too ill, can't let it drop on me spill. Clogging the lane, I'm feeling the strain. I'm here for the spot to be filled. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.